What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. We're back. Woo! You know, we have a lot more energy right now than I think we've had since In we got while. back. Yeah, I missed you guys. We've been fucking, like, wrecked. Like, I don't know what it was. It's not just because Vegas. It's because we decided to go to Vegas, see a couple of shows, drink a lot, eat a lot of bad food. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I hate everything. But, yeah, man. Jesus. My body's real mad. Dude, when I got home, I was just like, I don't want to fucking do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to climb a mountain, but I also want to die. Right? <laughs> By, so, guys, this whole week, actually, we got a few things planned for you. We're kind of theming it around what we did this week, um, or this last week, I should say, where we went to Vegas. We actually went to go see Perturbator. We actually also saw John Carpenter live. Yes. We also went to the Zach Baggins Ghost Adventures Haunted Museum, which was super cool. And we're going to be basically talking about those things. And then on Thursday, we're going to be, since we wanted to carry it on, we're going to be talking about John Carpenter movies. We, we picked out a few cuts, a few select cuts of John Carpenter that we wanted to talk about. So we'll be talking about body bags. And we'll also be talking about the Prince of Darkness. Yes. So you're going to want to hang around this week, and I hope that you guys are excited that we're back, because we certainly are. Fuck you. Yeah. Although there's going to be a lot more work, so fuck you guys, I'm done. Just kidding. Quit. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, no, no. I'm really glad to be back, though. So today, what we're going to do today is just kind of tell you a little bit about what happened this, this past week in Vegas and some of the cool stuff. We're going to break down the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum, which... There is no video or audio or any of that shit allowed in there. Although I was tempted to leave some shit on just because, but I didn't. Uh, but we're going to tell you all about that, tell you about the John Carpenter show and the Perturbator show, and uh, we'll get into that in just a second. But, so how have you been? Are you glad to be back, Brittany? Or, yes, I'm yeah. so excited. Did you rest at all? No. <laughs> Feels like we didn't, right? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm so sad because I wanted to be here last week or two weeks ago actually when right, yeah, it's you been guys a while. did the evil dead because i got favorites. married at evil dead the musical right. in las vegas so i was like this is so fitting but my mom was in town and i wanted to spend time with my mom totally understandable so she's been sick and fighting cancer and so it was like she yeah. finally had some time to get cleared to come out and visit and um so I wanted to spend as much time with, as possible with her before she had to go back. Fuck yeah. Did you guys have fun spending time together? Or? We did. I love my mom. She's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. She's a cool chick. I don't think anybody faults you for not being here. 
I think it's all right. I know you guys miss me. It's fine. I understand. But the episodes were really fun. So yeah, I I think they were fun. I and Warble got shit faced. We all got shit faced. We always get shit faced, dude. We got really drunk. It's great. Like surprisingly drunk, but like nobody would know that I'm drunk because it's. It's not very different. You can start to hear me slur sometimes. (laughs) Like when I start slurring, that's when you know that I'm pretty far into the drunk. But uh, like. Four sheets to the wind. Yeah. And and man, Patrick, yeah, he was shit faced yeah. out of his mind. <laughs> Glorious. <laughs> yeah, but that's a Sambuk, which we just did some Sambuka guys. You guys were doing Sambuk and fucking Jaeger. We drank more Sambuka than we ever have for a show. Yeah. Usually you and I just do one shot beforehand and that's enough. Maybe two, sometimes. Mm, that's real rare. Well, I'd forgotten about it and Patrick was like, We should do Sambuka and I'm like, Oh yeah, fuck. <laughs> um but I think it might be that time, Brittany. Horseshit! So, guys, we are back. We're going to be doing a special horror shot for you this week. It's our reunion or comeback shot, I guess. Um <laughs> We're in. We're including a lot of elements into this shot. Since this week, we're going to be kind of talking about our trip today, at least for Monday's episode. Uh, we picked up a couple of shot glasses at the Wild West Saloon, uh, <laughs> and uh, which were pretty cheap, actually. I, I was expecting I was it to be surprised. like eight bucks. Yeah, each. Yeah, but yeah. they were a dollar fifty. So we got two Vegas shot glasses, and we figured we'd add those to our fucking horror shots collection. This is the benefit of staying off the strip, ladies and gentlemen. Right, you don't get raped up the ass for the prices of shot glasses. It's but, only a dollar fifty, and they're the same ones that are on the strip. And there were some seedy people in that one, though. I didn't even care. They <laughs> I were didn't fucking care hilarious. <laughs> but so what we're doing? We're taking shots out of these Vegas shot glasses and since we're going to be talking about john carpenter we figured we would do a shot in honor of the movie body bags which if you guys haven't seen the movie john carpenter is kind of like the tales from the crypt like crypt keeper in between these segments of body bags because there's three it's like an anthology Mm -hmm. and he's kind of like this coroner that's like going over all these different dead bodies and throughout the whole fucking thing he keeps drinking formaldehyde so we're going to be naming this shot uncle john's formaldehyde Formaldehyde. what is in uncle john's formaldehyde actual formaldehyde yeah (laughs) aka please kids don't drink this at all peppermint schnapps (laughs) so we got two ingredients and it's you know i don't even know what color formaldehyde is i think it is clear it's clear we put half a shot of peppermint schnapps I apologize ahead of time if I vomit. What you don't like peppermint schnapps? No, who does? Your grandmothers, all the grandmothers love. I don't even think grandmas actually like peppermint schnapps. Oh, they sneak it in their purses. You just don't know. In their purses? Yeah, their purses. In their purses. And then we're doing another (laughs) half a shot of sour apple pucker. God. So gives it like a a green hue. It looks like the anti god goo from Prince of Darkness. I figured it's befitting. It's befitting. And if I had, if it's, did I say befitting? You it's did. fitting. Anyway. I liked befitting. It's befitting. It's befitting. Uh, I'm excited to talk with a British it's accent. It's be-full shit. It's be-full shit. <laughs> uh, so if you guys want to get really fancy, though, get the top of the shot glass nice and wet 
nice and soft and wet. <laughs> and then you then you dip the shot glasses in sugar so that the rim is sugar. Get it nice and pussy-like. pretty nice, right? It's kind of, a, you know, it's a nice thing. It's nice and pussy-like, and then you're like, oh, sugar. Yeah, it's like super sugary. Hey, magic eight ball. So there you go. I regret this already. <laughs> All right, to John Carpenter and our fantastic week in I Vegas. A, there's a black dot in here. Oh, that's just the formaldehyde brewing. Oh, nope. You gotta get it out. All did right. you get it? Okay. I did, I did. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that's a explosion of flavor. It's not bad. Oh, no, it's awful. It's not bad. You're full of shit. Well, I mean, it is formaldehyde. Oh, you're so full of shit. I think for I think formaldehyde would taste better. Oh my god! I guess you could put salt on the top too, but do salt, don't do sugar. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. it's pretty sweet. <laughs> peppermint schnapps are I, disgusting. I don't like peppermint schnapps, but I feel like it tasted pretty good. That's all it is, peppermint schnapps. It's like a Sour Patch Kid or something. No, don't you tarnish the name of Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> that is not even close. <laughs> That's my favorite candy in the whole world, besides anything Reese's related. And as but, you can tell, guys, Brittany loves this. And if you dogs. love if you love Sour Patch Kids as much as we do, don't compare it to oh, Sour Patch Kids or, or Body Bags. I will kill the you. movie, the <laughs> anthology. You can go to longlivethevoid.com. Check out our hashtag horror shot section to see how to make one of these delicious treats. Don't do it. <laughs> That's it for horror shots. Horror shots. Ugh, I can't get this taste of fucking peppermint out of my mouth. It tastes like I just ate out of grandma and it's disgusting. Ew. Ugh. You got like a mothball in your mouth? Not like an old grandma, but like a fresh grandma. Just like a... Like a, like a <laughs> hip... There is no such thing. Like a hip grandma. Yes, there are. <laughs> there is. There are such things as hip grandmas. And I, I, I feel like I just ate one out. <sighs> so it's been a little while. We haven't done the news in a while. So what are we going to do? I think it's... Uh, Is it time for the news? Yeah, I think it's time to kick the butt open and just start <laughs> plowing into that. It's time to kick the butt open and start plowing. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> that was me kicking the butt open. <laughs> it's the fucking news! Here is the fucking news! All right, guys, so we're back to do the news. We got a few bits of news that we missed over the past week. I'll be honest, we were a little out of out of tune with uh, doing the regular research and stuff. Whoa, there you go. Jesus. Punch the mic. What did it do to you, Brittany? <laughs> it looked at me the wrong way. Son of a bitch. It was like, fuck you, talking about eating out my grandma. Trying to <laughs> steal my soul, you fucking asshole. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's the fucking Dybbuk in there right now. Tatanka. Oh, the Dybbuk, yes. Yeah, that shit followed me home. Yeah, I'm. I'm but we'll tell uh, all of you about that in a it's second. It's going to be a tell-all. So there is some fun things that have happened. First of all, Nightbreed is in talks with Clive Barker with Morgan Creek to make a TV series of Nightbreed. If you guys aren't familiar with the movie, it's about this guy that goes to a magical world called Midian. <laughs> and it's like, it's a pretty fucked up, it's uh, actually, I think the, the book is called Cabal. I believe you're correct. Um, I read the book. It's uh, filthy with semen. Uh, dripping down the inside of the legs of a woman inside of a prison cell. It's mostly mine. <sighs> <laughs> 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 
it's really graphic though. That whole fucking just like because he's dead and like she comes and it's all cold and she says she describes it dripping down her leg, her inner thigh. It's pretty pretty graphic. <laughs> I mean, it's cold when I come too. Is, does that mean I'm possessed? Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't know what to say to that. Uh, but. There's also a couple of other shows that are going to be coming and poking their heads out, <laughs> like a turtle face. head. Blue. <laughs> uh, speaking of David Cronenberg, uh, who was in, he was in the movie Nightbreed as Buttonface. He also made a movie called Dead Ringers. Well, that movie is being turned into a TV show or pitched as well, possibly. So there's two shows right here that might possibly, perhaps, Clive Barker's given the okay, David Cronenberg's given the, the okay for Dead Ringers to turn that into a TV series of two twin brothers who find a girl they like and they use it to their advantage because they're exact twins and they're doctors. It's a pretty crazy movie. Not a fan of it, personally. It's not one of my favorite Cronenberg movies, but I could definitely get down on some TV show action on it. I think it would be yeah. kind of cool. Jeremy Irons was in it, the original. I was doing my Clive Barker dance, but no one could see it. Wait, he does a dance? No, I was. Do the Clive Barker. Doing my Clive Barker oh. dance. No one could see it. <laughs> I'm like, there's a fucking dance? It's, it's more like a crazy arm flailing inflatable tube man. Yeah, dance, it's just some dude jerking sweet. off. There's a picture that Mike, bop, 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 bop. that Mike brought up, and I'm no disrespect to Clive Barker, and I don't know if it's even Clive Barker, but there was a, there was a picture of Clive Barker getting choked the fuck out, face all red while he was Bony. orgasming. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, I was just like, wow, this is not I mean, how I pictured can, can him. We, can we think of what he's, like, done, like, what's oh, come from his dude. mind? Yeah, right. No, I'm not. Sexual I'm asphyxiation not. is not the only, like, thing that I would imagine is going on with him. Of that's course. Like, that's, like, the most, like, normal thing that I can imagine is going on well, with Well, first Clyde off, I don't, I have no qualms with whatever the fuck and he does. And sexual asphyxiation is awesome, yeah, by the way. Yeah, auto-erotica <laughs> asphyxiation, whatever. thank you. Uh, but it was just like, I was looking up pictures of Clyde Barker, and I was like, bam, wow, that's a interesting picture. Anyway. Everyone so- likes being choked during sex. Moving on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I like being shit on. I'm Ew. just kidding. Not really. Scheisse. Scheisse. <laughs> well, for letting it all out. Let's let it all Listen hang out. to the German's pawns. Yes, the Scheisse. <laughs> that was horrible. All right, I'm let's sorry. get out of this awkwardness real quick. Yep, moving, uh, moving along. Tarantino's <laughs> Manson movie might be in a little bit of trouble. What? Yeah. Well, Deadline wrote about this. After making every movie in his directing career for Miramax, the Weinstein Company, Quentin Tarantino... Oh has made a hard decision to look for a new home for his upcoming film. The pick is referred to as number nine because it's his ninth movie. Really? Yep. It's only number nine? I guess, his feature films. That doesn't seem accurate. Well, he's done other stuff with other people. That's probably why it's confusing. Okay. You know, he was in other, like an anthology. It's not really a a feature film. I can't believe that would only be number nine for him. That blows my fucking mind. Well. I'm going to... I won't, I won't look into that. A lot of the people who are in the industry are looking at the script right now and uh, looking over it because they all want it, I guess. But Tarantino planned to make this film a drama set in the late 60s and early 70s in Los Angeles with the Weinstein Company. But those plans obviously imploded after the scandalous removal of Harvey Weinstein. And I don't blame him whatsoever. Right. Um, so hopefully it'll find a new home. Um, I'm sure somebody will pick it up. 
Um, Tarantino has roles for and has had conversations with the likes of Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, obviously Samuel L. Jackson, and a soiree or <laughs> harem of fucking uh, actors that he has access to. Who wouldn't want to be a character in one of Tarantino's films, right? Right. I'm curious to see who will play Manson, though. That'll be interesting. Um, I agree. So I guess we'll find out more on that later. I'm sure somebody will pick it up, but we haven't heard just yet. Also, the director of Jason Goes to Hell says that Jason is technically an Evil Dead deadite. Hmm. So a lot of fan theories have been circulating about this for years, that it would fit perfectly because there's Ash versus, you know, Freddy versus Ash versus Jason versus Ash. And and I think there's even Michael Myers one, too, comic. I can't, I can't remember. I never read them. I wanted to get them, but they're kind of expensive, so I might have to get the, like, digital versions. But for years, fans have been speculating that Voorhees is actually what is known as a deadite from the Evil Dead franchise, and that's all been fueled by 1993's Jason Goes to Hell. Not only did the film, the film tease... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not only did the film tease a battle between Jason and Freddy, but it also came with a pretty interesting Easter egg, the Necronomicon Ex Mortis in Voorhees' basement. So, pretty interesting that they're mixing. They did have that. I do remember that. And so, I guess that makes a lot of sense. But if you, if any of you guys read the Army of Darkness comics, you already know that they can make the Deadites into anything. Mm -hmm. They even mixed in Army of Darkness with the Marvel Monsters, so that they're like zombies, Marvel zombies, I mean. So they can make anything work. So I wish that they would do a Freddy versus Ash versus J or Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Be sweet. I really that would be so awesome, but we already know from years ago that Sam Raimi wouldn't sign off on it because they said that Ash can't lose. So as long as he wins, that's fine. Was that from Bruce? No, that's from Sam Raimi. From Sam Raimi. Because the character oh. himself is damned to a life of hell. That's true. So he can't die. Oh, I get it. But anyway, I just thought it was kind of interesting. He the, says... They should kill him, because then, perfect. The, guy, the director actually said, I want to create a mythology for Jason in this movie because it had driven me nuts as a viewer, Marcus explained. Speaking specifically about Jason magically growing from a small boy to a full-grown, unstoppable monster in such a short period of time. Right. Uh, she, Pamela Voorhees, makes a deal with the devil by reading the Necronomicon to bring her back her son. And this is why Jason isn't Jason. He's Jason plus the evil dead. And now I can believe that he can go from a little boy that lives in a lake to a full grown man in a couple of months to zombie Jason to never being able to kill this guy. That, to me, is way more interesting as a mashup. And Sam Raimi loved it. That's amazing. So he also said, it's not like I could tell New Line my plan to include Evil Dead because they don't own the Evil Dead. So it had to be an Easter egg. And I did focus on it. There's a whole scene that includes the book. And I hoped people would get it and could figure it out. And that's what I'm up to. So, yes, in my opinion, Jason Voorhees is a deadite. So and it is absolutely canon. It's awesome. So I thought that was really interesting. I don't know. It's I think awesome. I think it totally fits. And I wish a lot of these studios would get their heads out of their asses and we could have seen that kind of fucking movie years ago, but oh well. Word. There's also been some news about Romero honoring Romero, and you may be asking yourself, wait, what? Romero honoring Romero? Well, obviously the late George A. Romero had a son named Cameron Romero, who, back in 2014, launched an Indiegogo campaign for a film 
that was originally titled Origins, but is now titled Rise of the Living Dead, which is what he is calling a love letter to his father. It's a prequel. A lot of people have tried to, to pitch him to direct it, and he's like, absolutely not. This is my movie. This is my love letter to my father. Nobody's going to step on that. So there is a little bit more information, a little bit of an update over on his Facebook page. Uh, George Cameron Romero has revealed that the project titled Origins is, of course, The Rise of the Living Dead. And he said, Many of you know that I have been working to tell a story for many years. My dad read the script and called it genius, quote-unquote. Many have approached me about making this film, and I've had... And I've said no to many because even though I'm not a precious little artist, uh, (laughs) this one is special. This one is mine. This one is my love letter to my dad, to his work, to the fact that he was once called the most dangerous filmmaker alive, to the fact that society in 1968 wanted to shut him up as much as they wanted to celebrate him. Right. And this one is... The Prelude to Night, the film that created the pop culture phenomenon that has inspired thousands of filmmakers from backyard auteurs to $180 million features to single longest running and almost successful show in the history of television. This one has been a long time coming and is my absolute promise to you all that this film will be everything it needs to be. So here's the plot for Rise. And this is a little bit of a long segment for the news, but I feel like it's necessary to kind of give you guys an idea what this is going to be about. Origins takes place in the turmoil of the 1960s, just shortly before Night of the Living Dead, and explains how the original Romero zombie was created. In 1962, Dr. Ryan Cartwright was on the scientific and altruistic path to find a way for humans to sustain life in the event of Mutual Assured Destruction, a.k.a. MAD, a huge topic brought on by the Cuban Missile Crisis. Little did he know that over the course of the next several years of his life, he would take a well-funded and military-focused journey to the darkest corners of the world, as he creates the ultimate weapon for the government and a curse that will plague mankind for the rest of days. So we're going to hear more about that. There is sort of a kind of a poster that he has up I'll try to post that on our page or something like that. So, But keep an eye out, guys. I mean, it should be soon. It's been three years. Right. So, And he only made 30000 for it, but I'm sure he's probably gotten a lot of investors since then. I would assume. Yeah. I hope it's as good uh, as it sounds. I would hope so. I don't know. It could get really easily mucked up if it's not the right story, right? Right. But, hey, I'm excited, and I hope you guys are too. Last bit of news, though. We have... Uh, A little story about how horror in the box office is blowing up. I kind of mentioned this last week. As When reality hands us lemons, horror tends to thrive. When there's turmoil in the streets and in society, there's turmoil in the the pages that are written, and they're breathing and brooding with life of creatures, zombies, monsters, and horror. So, as it stands right now for 2017, there's over a billion dollars at the box office made from horror movies. So, 1.1 billion in revenue at the domestic box office this year alone in the U.S. So, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. That means that horror is definitely thriving. In the article from Bloody Disgusting, which I will link below, um, they, of course, reference Andy Muschietti's It!, Yep. Which has to this date generated over three hundred and twenty-four million dollars. Fuck. 
Right? They're talking about doing a Pet Cemetery 2 that's going to be directed by the director of Starry Eyes. So they jumped on that before Andy Muschietti had even a chance. He wanted to direct it. Pet Cemetery 2? No, I'm sorry. Pet Cemetery Reboot. Okay, but I thought Muschietti was going to do that. He wanted it. He was trying to put it out there into the universe. but He should. Don't get me wrong. He doesn't have time. Starry Eyes is incredible. But as fantastic of a job as he did with it, he should be the one... To touch Pet Cemetery. I don't know. Ugh. I think I feel like he could do a good job. I really personally am not interested in seeing a reboot I'm not, of I've, Pet Cemetery after I, we reviewed it. I just don't see anything that would be added to it that would make any difference to me. I agree. I don't see it. I just don't. I don't. And it's not me going. Oh God damn it! They remake everything. No, it's just I don't no, really I don't, know. It's I'm, it's a good movie as it is. I'm not against them doing a, a remake of Pet Cemetery right. at all. Like I, I feel like they could totally do that as much as i love starry eyes though maybe i don't know but anyway i was upset about them doing it too so the point is is that there is a lot of life in the horror movie industry in the box office right now good and that's just in the box office it feels like a lot of people just forget that there's an entire independent scene that's been thriving for fucking decades let's get some original ideas and stop fucking trying to reboot and copy off other shit well they do bring up that M. Night Shyamalan, Ugh. the movie Split, grossed $138 million domestically. That's actually a good movie. It was a good movie. Um, Jordan Peele's Get Out, $175 million. The sequel to Annabelle, Creation, was... Oh, I liked <laughs> it. I thought it was good. I don't think it's perfect, but... No. Uh, $102 million at the domestic box office, another Bloomhouse picture. It did really Happy well. Death Day is doing really well, which we went and saw that today actually this morning and it's really funny it's really fun and they even it looks funny and they even uh make a point to point out groundhog day two in it what or they, they talk about it oh it's like groundhog day that's perfect yeah. i like it that's so funny. i was like oh i love you guys <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome um but but as a perspective most years other than this 2017 year don't even come close to it so the highest grossing horror film in 2016 was The Conjuring 2 with 102 million. Sorry. Um, more recently, Jigsaw has made about 18 million thus far. Happy Death Day is at about 48.50 something domestically, of course. Uh, 47 meters down, got 44 million. Um, and did you know, by the way, that Happy Death Day was they had a budget of like less than five million. This is awesome. House un- knows what the fuck they're it's doing. unheard of this day and age. Dude, these guys take fucking $5 million movies and turn them into $100 franchises. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... I don't know what it is about them, but I'm really excited to know that horror is doing really well at the box office. I know some of you that listen are fans of more of the underground stuff, and I'm totally cool with that. I love all that shit. Um, But just remember, you know, while it may upset you that the box office is doing well, it means that if we have a strong top horror mainstream, then it will trickle down into the independent. And it means more people are going to be making horror and more original ideas will come out of it, even if there's a bunch of remakes and stuff like that too so i think it's just self-nurturing and it just helps the whole thing out so but yeah be proud guys if you're a horror fan salute but that's it for the news all right now we haven't told you guys just yet where we're going to be calling this episode 
But what we're going to be doing is talking about our adventures in Vegas, and it is horror-related, so you're going to want to hear this, because we're going to be detailing the entire haunted museum of Zach Baggins. Live! I'm BTV! In our segment called BTV Does Vegas! All right, guys, so we are back for the BTV Does Vegas Dirty Style on our Monday's adventure of sex. No, I'm kidding. I'm just. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know, I just sounded really dirty. Like, Debbie does Dallas. BTV fucks Vegas. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> yeah, we fucked the shit out of Vegas. Um, no, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so how should we start this off? I guess we should start where it all began. I'm pretty sure the beginning yeah, the is beginning. a very good place That's to a start. Good st- yeah, but where did it start? So our fucking badass significant others, Mouse and Christina said, get the fuck out of here and go to Vegas. Yeah, exactly. They're like, leave, please. Yeah, just go. Like, Get out, you fucking crazy people. And I was tempted to fly out by myself or something. I don't know. Like, I was like, I gotta go. Like, yeah. I have to go. I know Mouse just wanted to drink Kilt Lifter and eat candy by himself. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was his plan. And he's like, well, I also wanted some candy to go with my beer that I was drinking That's by myself excuse. all weekend when I couldn't watch Stranger Things because you weren't here. <laughs> so I had to find some other stupid shit to watch. And I was like, I might as well fucking eat candy and be sad and drink beer. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were out having the times of our life. No. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> there was ups and downs. No, we had a really good time. Yeah, we really did. Ultimately, like. Yeah, we had a really good time. But that's how the idea came about. We wanted to go out, so we decided to go. We planned it ahead, and then sooner or later, it was like, oh, shit, it's, like, tomorrow. It's here. Like, what are we doing? I forgot, like, the whole, like... Week? Week. Yeah. Yeah, until two days before, and I'm odd. It, like, came up on us like a fucking, like a fucking truck trying right. to slam on its brakes. I was, like, that bitch in fucking um, Devil's Rejects or whatever that got hit by the truck. Yeah? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> but we drove out. I think when we got to the hotel, the toilet didn't flush. Didn't. These are all deals that you, things you probably don't want to know. There was nothing in the toilet but just toilet paper. We didn't shit, guys. Get your mind out of the toilet, all right? Um, I know I brought you there and I led you to the water, but you didn't have to fucking drink, okay? Anyway, stuff you don't want to know. So we we get checked in and we sit around. We're like kind of anxious, like we don't know what to do. We know that we got to get ready to go to the Zach Baggins thing Mm. because it's open from like 1 p.m. till 9 p.m. at night. So we got eight hours to get in there and we figured there would be (laughs) quite a bit of long lines. It's Halloween weekend. So we figured that like spooky people and basic people alike are going to be showing up on Halloween weekend. Right. Yeah. Like a whole fucking grab bag of different types of people people that didn't even want to be there at some reason it was like five spooky people and all basic people just fyi yeah well they so so we take a fucking uber ride um and i accidentally clicked on i didn't know this was a thing but in vegas it's a big thing because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people i guess and they have the pool option so you carpool with people and i i didn't know that (laughs) so i hit it and there's someone in the car and i'm like wait what 
So this chick is in the car with us, riding around, and she seemed really drunk and fucked up. She did, but she was cool. Yeah, she, she was like cool. An empath shit. or whatever. Yeah, she said she was an empath, and we started talking about the haunted museum, telling our ghost stories and stuff. And as we're having a good old time, the Uber driver had passed the girl's location. She was supposed to drop this girl off first. She passed her destination like five fucking times, and then ended up dropping us off first because yeah. she passed it so many times. And then she blamed us for bringing ghosts into the car. Yeah, she said, you talk about ghosts and you bring them into the car? (laughs) Well, it started off a little rocky because we get in... Okay, I was wearing... I have multiple dresses that have Ouija boards on them. Right. The full dress is a full Ouija board. And we start off by, as soon as I get into the car, her complimenting me on my crazy costume. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, I wear this all the time. <laughs> this is not a costume. It's this a is way of life. Just shit that I wear on a Tuesday. It's a fucking way of life. It's a man. church or whatever. Like I was like, I actually I'm wearing this to the Santon Museum because I really hope that a spirit's gonna touch my butt. Which I told that joke multiple times yeah. to everybody at the Haunted Museum that complimented on my dress and <laughs> Two of the five thought it was hilarious. Yeah, everybody was really serious at this, by the way. The other three looked at me like I was a horrible person. So it was interesting. So so check this out. Okay, so <laughs> we are like kind of, we had a really good conversation in the car with this random person and the driver who was just kind of like a companion piece or something. She was lost. Yeah, she was lost. She didn't know where she was. She was blaming the fucking thing, whatever. So we get out of the car. I was like, I thought you were supposed to get off first. She was like, I don't know. This poor girl is like an extra 25 minutes on her fucking ride. Yeah. Like, Whatever she was, she probably took her back to her house, kidnapped her, and uh, that Asian lady probably ate her. (laughs) Oh my god, she's probably dead now. I think it's like a jigsaw thing. Like she took her in there. I think so. Let's play a game. Well, I probably didn't make it any better because I get in the as soon as we get in the car, like she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna drop her off first. I'm like, "No, she's ours now." (laughs) She laughed instantly, and she's just like, "That's fine." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. That's fine." (laughs) I was like, (laughs) "We just meet you, and you just want to leave already." That's fine. She was probably. Probably fucking high or drunk because she was fucked we up. We look like a bunch of weirdos, and I'm just like, yeah, we're y- you're mine now. <laughs> this is where we keep you. And I like the shape of your skull. Yeah, and she's just like, okay, <laughs> like that's fine. You can keep me. And I'm she, like, she's just admiring the shape of your skull. Yeah, I'm measuring your skin for a suit. You fucking <laughs> what the fuck? Brittany's not catching all these quotes I'm throwing out there. I am. Okay, all right. I'm just choosing to ignore it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I hope you guys caught it. And if you did, sound off. Um, <laughs> sound off in the comments. You can validate Alex. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll stamp you. Um, <laughs> validated. Validated. <laughs> um, so we get out of the car. We pull up to the front gates. We take a picture in front of the sign because I, I'm the goofball. Well, I, I take a picture of Alex. Yeah. Because he's like, do you want a picture? I'm like, no, I want to get in line. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, that's the cool thing is, like, we walk up to the front, because you have to go through the front gates, and you walk through these gates, and there was someone was, like, talking to this line of people, and she was like, hey, do you guys have tickets already, like, online tickets? And I was like, yep, I do! We almost cut everybody that had been yes, waiting, like, an they hour. they almost let us in early, and it didn't fucking work, because that fucking but that asshole. stupid fucking fuck with the top hat. Yeah. Like, comes up, and he's like, oh, no, no. They weren't in line. Yeah. They weren't in line. I'm like, who are you? She was about to let us in. Willy Wonka, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) 
Jesus. Like, that guy fucking irritated me the entire time. I know. I talk shit about him the whole time. Yeah, well, it's because he kind of comes off a little... Um, he does. He's trying to be... Like, he's trying to be this character actor. Right. Or whatever the fuck he's, he's trying to trying be to fun do. and jovial, but it comes across as just dick. Dickish. He was just a dick. Like, that's all it like, portrays as. The funny thing is, is, like, each of these people have, like, different personalities. Like, some of them... Extremely different. Yeah, like, really... It's very, very... D- Different. It was weird. Yeah, it was very like very different types of people. But anyway, past that, we didn't get let in. They told us, "Oh, you got to go around the entire building over here, past all these people who have been waiting for about a half hour to an hour and a half." Oh, we got dirty fucking looks. Yeah, too. we did. Like everybody was like staring at us all they weird. They thought we were gonna cut them, so they were like fucking mad. So we we walked past all them. We have to sign this fucking two page waiver. Uh, with our initials, like like fifteen different things. I took a picture of it on social media. If you guys want to take a look at it, it's but a pretty hilarious waiver. I know, and I'm like, well, either this is like them covering their ass, or an excellent way to like get people jazzed up for the fucking event. Either way, either way, it's fine. Check, check. You just sign here. So we signed that. We wait in line for about an hour, forty five minutes about to an hour. an hour. The dude that was in front of us had like the strongest smelling fucking cologne. Like I've ever smelled. Like yeah. I felt like he literally didn't take a shower and just like bathed in he, his cologne. He took a horse bath. Yeah, like I, no, basically. I, I'm sure he was clean, but it just it made me nauseous. Well, they were awful, and then, like the whole time, like they're they're the kind of people. And I'm telling Alex the whole time, I'm like, I I really hope we get separated into a different group from these people because <laughs> I feel like they're gonna fucking annoy me. And they did. And they did. Um, we'll get into that more, though, because I think they're like, but these, can we just find out what's going on in the fucking museum, Alex, well, Brittany? These are the kind of people, though, like the one dude, the quietest, that was laughing at the leader's jokes the whole time. Yeah. Is the kind of person that is taking pictures of people in front of them in line. And, and making fun of them. people and making fun of them. Yeah. He was taking Total pictures of bags. the girl that was waiting in front of us, who was a bigger girl, super fucking adorable, and ended up being in our, our group. Also, and was sending pictures of this girl to his friends and talking shit. And the whole time, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking kill this guy. I didn't know that. Like, this is the first time. I'm watching him the whole time, being pissed off. Yeah, he made me kind of clench my fists a couple of times. I'm like, okay, dude. That group of like five people, it was five of them in total, and they were all fucking. Well, the one girl was fine. Actually, both the girls were okay. It was just the dudes that were just fucking irksome. So we finally get to the front of the line, and (laughs) there's two lines, and we're trying to figure out why there's two lines. So we get up to the first line, and we see this other line to the right of us lined up of all these people, and we finally figure out, oh, okay, they're taking groups of 15 into the museum. But we're seeing these people come out in like five to 15 minutes later, and we're like... And they look angry. Yeah, they didn't look happy, and we're like, oh, this is not a good sign. Is this the tour already? So I, like, they finally pull 15 of us aside and are going like, hey, you can go. And it was like the six people in front of us all going it together. So I'm like, oh, I guess we go over here, too. And the guy's like, hey, where are you going? Oh. And I was like, uh, over here? And Top he hat like, guy. Yeah. That was that annoyed us in the beginning. Yeah, and he was like, where, the, where are you going? Where do you think you're whoa, going? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Where do you think you're going is exactly what he said. And I was like, uh, I don't know, over here? Is that what we're supposed to do? And he's like, after I say you can. 
Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to break your teeth. It was a super <laughs> uncomfortable power trip thing that he was trying to portray. It was really weird. It was really weird. We literally were following four of the people ahead of us that walked the same direction as we were. We knew we were supposed to go with these people because there was only seven of them prior to us. And yeah. we knew it was a group of about 15. So there was like only eight people. Technically. We went around so we don't step on people's feet or kick up a bunch of fucking rocks in the landscaping and fuck shit up. So we go around the statue that's in the way. Yeah. Big not, gargoyle we statue. We follow four people to go that way. And this guy's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, where do you think you're going? <laughs> yeah, he was kind of like, dick about I'm like, that. like, really, dude? Really? Where do we think? Okay, that's how it's going to be. Like this is the kind of party we're at right now. (laughs) (laughs) So after that, though, we get inside and we get put into a lobby. And this lobby is pretty much just where you go to the bathroom, not like on the floor or anything. They have restrooms. (laughs) They have two restrooms and like a water fountain and stuff. And they're like, hey, if you got to go. And then there's this chick who's watching the TV because we're literally at the night that the show is airing at the exact same time that the show is airing on Saturday. Saturday night. So it's like airing on TV and she is the most excited person I've ever met about this show. She's like the biggest fan ever. She is. But she was she ended up being super cool. Um, But she's like really into her job. She's really happy about what she does, which is super awesome. Uh, Some of the douchebags were making fun of her the whole time. Yeah. And they're fucking rude. Yeah. They were being really rude. Um, um, So aside from that. (laughs) So we find out that, okay, we're not actually in the museum yet. So they're like, okay, we're going to go back outside, guys, and the tour will be about an hour. And we're like, oh, thank God. This explains why no one looked happy when you took the Yeah. Here. So they take us around to the front. They tell us a little bit about the building and how it was made. Um, basically, it was one of the largest homes in Las Vegas um, before Las Vegas became a booming uh, gambling town. Which the family who, one of the families who technically started Las Vegas. Right. This is their home. They were the pioneers of the whole fucking Vegas scene, pretty much. And this was like the biggest house in the whole place, in the whole area. Which is like 33 rooms? It was 33 rooms, and I think it was like... Yeah, I don't remember how many square feet they said, but it's, it's huge. insane, because it doesn't seem like it's that much. It looks very It small. really doesn't, but it's 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 like a huge-ass church, dude. Like, it's, I don't know how to explain incredible. it. Um... So we go around to the front door. They pick somebody to knock on the front door after telling us a little bit more about the address and how it's like 666 technically was the original address of the home or something like that. And uh, so they they open the door and some guy in a fucking plague mask opens up the door and then we all walk in and they put us into this other room where it's got a lot of like just random weird shit that Zach collects. And it's like we had a, a letter from Anton LaVey. Yeah, the, the coolest things in that room actually Actually, the first room that the plague mask guy was awesome, by the way. He yeah, and I, he, he and just I, stared. He and I talked shit to each other for like the entire time because I kept running into him and it was hilarious. But not not talk shit about each other, but we just talked shit about being rushed in the museum the whole time. Oh, anyway, um, the first room we enter is incredibly beautiful. It's kind of like the foyer. Pretty much, um, like your first like introduction into the the museum. Obviously. And I think it was originally the first uh, gift shop that they were going to have, but they ended up changing it around. Seems likely because it's one of the biggest rooms that you go into, right? And it's right off of it's literally like a foyer or like a and like living room. And there's of. like a a table or like a a whole uh, box full of like a glass display full of. 
like 13 skulls. Yeah, there's like real human 13 skulls. 13 human skulls, all with different abnormalities in this one incredible, absolutely incredible case. And how they had them displayed was beautiful. Right. Um, there's also this phenomenal taxidermy. There was two goats that are dressed in formal wear when okay. you first enter the room. And I was just losing my fucking mind because I love taxidermy, but I really love good taxidermy. I love stupid taxidermy, too, which this is borderline stupid taxidermy. <laughs> it's goats in formal, formal wear. It's a female and a male goat, and it's hilarious. Okay. Um, but you enter the room, and then as this our tour guide's fucking yip-yapping about fucking Zach Baggins, and you have to put the quarter in the machine, and then the, it's a, the fortune teller of Zach Baggins tells yeah, you more a, about Zach Baggins and like his you've Zach ever Baggins seen, house. And I'm sorry, like this the whole if time. If you've ever seen the movie Big... It's like one of those old fortune telling machines that has the crystal ball. What was his... But they changed the head to look like Zach Baggins with the top hat. What's the fucking fortune teller's name? Like, z- z- oh, it starts with a Z. Oh, I don't remember. The Zoltra. Zoltran. 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 Zolta. Zoltran. Zolta. Whatever. It Zoltran. Z. Get a Zoltran the happening. Big, the big main fortune teller. In big? No, in general. This was just like every fortune teller thing they had was this guy, and it's a Z that his name starts with, and I'm going to forget it. I'll remember it when we're not recording. It is important, but whatever. <laughs> but Anyways, they, they, they repurposed it. it. It's got Zach Baggins' fucking head on it, and it gives you a fucking card, and then Zach Baggins reads it as Zach Baggins, and it's whatever. I wasn't paying attention. It was kind of cool. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't listening. The whole time I'm over looking at the Anton LaVey pieces that they have. Because yeah, because there was the letter from the uh, where he accepted a witch into the coven, they or into their group. Two of his wine glasses, like original, actual glasses from his ceremonial set. Right. And they have a contract. It's That's what it is. A contract, It's a yeah. contract between him and one of his witches that he inducted for the Church of Satan. Right. And it's incredible. The yeah. whole contract is absolutely fucking phenomenal to read. And then they have his or- original pieces of his that he signed. And and it was so cool. Like this little display that they have. And it's a very small little display of Anton LaVey pieces that they have there. But it is fan-fucking-tastic. And yeah, it was pretty I badass. I look like the fucking weirdo because here I am in my Ouija board dress. And I don't give a flying fuck about What's fucking Zoltan, Zoltar, Anton, whatever the... F- Zoltar Zach Baggins in the corner yip-yapping about a fucking card. I'm reading this fucking contract and looking at this Anton LaVey shit and then these beautiful taxidermy pieces that are surrounding it and these human skulls that are also surrounding it. And it was fantastic. It was this incredible thing to witness. And the whole time I'm thinking of how much Mouse would have loved it. Right. And that's probably one of the only things he would have really liked in that museum. Actually, he would have loved a lot of it, but I feel like that would have set the tone for him. One thing we did notice is that, you know, there is so many rooms, and to be honest, 15 people per tour, because they have like three or four going at a time, and then they they shovel everybody into different rooms to kind of like do it. It's 15 is just a little too many, but it's kind of a hot ticket item right now. Like, so... Most of these rooms are like the size of a closet. That they sh- that they stick you in, so it's right. really difficult to get. You can maybe get ten people at most in one of the rooms, but you can't really look at what you want to look at. So, if you want to te- if you want to look at this museum, which you should because it's incredible. Yeah, as, go on a, like a weekday. As irritating as Zach Baggins is to me, <laughs> and as irritating as 
how much they fucking talk about him the entire time. Like, it's very fucking apparent. From start to finish, this is Zach Baggins' fucking haunted museum or whatever. They don't fucking stop talking about him the entire time. Yeah. But it's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. I highly recommend it to anybody to check out because there is some really fucking cool shit in there. Like famous stuff. Famous. really famous stuff. Really fucking famous shit. Like you wonder, how much money does Zach Baggins actually make? Exactly. And that's what I thought. I was like, he can't afford, how the fuck does he afford this? Come to find out, a lot of it's donated to him. Yeah, a lot of it is, yeah. But some of it he bought, for sure. A lot of people that are like, this shit's haunted as fuck. I don't want it in my possession anymore. Get it the fuck out of here. And that's how he got a lot of this weird shit. But... He has really cool shit in there, and thank you for him to him for opening it up to everybody. Yeah, I'm definitely glad to be able to come and see it. I mean, it's a bit of a steep price for people to come and see it, especially with these guided tours where they f- fucking filter you in like cattle. Yeah, with and with they, tax, it's about forty five bucks they, a person with the t- convenience fee, or and whatever. they rush you through it. Yeah, they kind of do. They there rush is no you way it. like. Essentially, they don't have enough time to go over every piece of thing in there, and really, there is like There's in just lot. one room, there is literally hundreds of items that you could tell a story for each of them, and like Michael Jackson's condoms for Christ's sake. Right? They had. I, <laughs> like, was... I was like, "What the fuck is Michael Jackson's condoms doing here?" And and the girls were all laughing. They were like, "Yeah, what the fuck?" I was like, "They're all laughing," and I'm like, "That's fucking creepy." Yeah, it's really creepy. Like that's uncomfortable. Like I, mm-mm. it's ribbed for kids. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry for children's pleasure. Oh no, um, the Disney Channel. I'm sorry for all actually. you Michael Jackson fans. Um, I I was the last one out of every room of the tour right pretty sure we, we pushed ourselves to be last because we, no, we did we kept being like crammed in with all these people that were it seemed like they were so disinterested like the, out of the entire 15 people that were in there there was like three or four of us half that of actually gave a, a shit there was yeah. like four of us that gave a shit half of them thought it was a joke and then alex myself a cute girl that was wearing a white lace one piece jumper right i remember she her. was really interested and, and then, then the, 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 the bigger, darker skin girl that was really girl, awesome the bigger girl and her yeah. boyfriend that the fucking assholes were making fun of the whole time we were waiting in line they were really cool too well she was yeah, he, we he really, seemed bored but us and those two girls were like really really into it he was the one that was scared of clowns right her boyfriend yeah, yeah. her boyfriend was the one terrified of clowns which <laughs> if you're terrified of clowns they have an entire section yeah. of creepy clowns that you have to walk through by yourself. Yeah, good luck on that. And it was awesome because I was popping a boner the whole time. Now, I, I don't want to dis- like completely describe the whole fucking thing. I just kind of want to probably point out a few highlights that we saw. Oh, yeah. Um, there, there really is just... it's it's a First of all, the whole fucking house is beautiful. It like, is. It's it incredible. is gorgeous. Like, if you are into any of the darker stuff, like uh, decor of any yeah. sort, you're going to be like in well, heaven. In here on like, the inside on the inside the yeah. outside is typical the super shit. southwesterny typical arizona vegas decor stucco wall horrible. kind of thingy and the little fucking like gargoyles they have are stupid like just it's probably the best thing you could it get sucks. <laughs> it sucks but, but once inside, you get inside oh, 
gorgeous. Yeah, dude. The inside is just it like each room. Sometimes they had like they built stairs inside the room that lead to nowhere, and it's like they wanted to give it that like Winchester. They tried feel. to channel the Winchester. Yeah, house, like, like big time. It was so cool. Like uh, if you guys don't already know, like uh, you may have heard this before if you're fans of the Ghost Adventures TV show, but Zach Baggins was doing a documentary about the the Demon House, which is a it's a legit like house where some really fucked up shit happened zach baggins actually bought the fucking house uh for dirt cheap got the house and then started doing like week-long investigations where he was able to stay in this place and keep coming back well some bad shit happened so they say and they actually tore down the motherfucker like bulldozed the shit out of it because of what happened there. He didn't think that it should be left up. Now, you could speculate whether or not that shit's just marketing, which is genius, uh, or you could say, well, he really does believe in it. In my personal opinion, I really think that he does believe in it. I do too. Because you don't take as much time and care and build this mansion (laughs) with all this shit and I mean, we're not just talking like, hey, come on in this one room. No, the whole fucking room is decked out and like looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like he is a perfectionist and he spent a lot of time on certain pieces in this certain room. Like there's a whole jail cell portion. That's incredible. It, it, it has like it's... artwork from fucking Richard Ramirez, um, fucking uh, John Wayne Gacy. If you are, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off at that point. Go for it. I want to talk about that room in particular. Um, if you are like me and are a big fan of true crime or serial killer, uh, memorabilia, big time, there is one room in particular, that's the serial killer room that they have, which with, if you go or when you go, don't listen to anything. The fucking tour guide is babbling off at you about the entire time you're in that room because you will not get enough time in that space. Right. Venture off by yourself. And try and read and look at as much as you can. The Museum of Death that's in Los Angeles and in New Orleans in particular um, hold a lot of pieces from individual serial killers. They have a lot of pieces from John Wayne Gacy, Richard Ramirez, um, Charles Manson, and to name a few. Right. Um, they have a lot of intricate pieces, including letters that were handwritten from them, or pieces of clothing, or pieces of art. Or whatever. They have far more than Zach Baggins' museum does. But Zach Baggins' museum does have original pieces of artwork from John Wayne Gacy that he painted himself to raise money for his defense while he was in prison. Right. They also have Richard Ramirez's shirt that he wore on trial. Yeah. Which is incredible. And then they have actual original pieces from Charles Manson himself. Yeah. That he owned that were in his actual possession, which you can tell the second you walk in, you see it. And it's just like, it's spine chilling. It's incredible to see. Um, But that's just among the very few things that they have from many different serial killers. They have all these different handwritten letters, artwork. Wyatt Earp's Bible, even. Wyatt Earp's Bible. They have all these different things. and But in the serial killer room especially, that is the one room with the most pieces in there that you will not have enough time to look at yeah it's there's a lot too so don't listen to anything the tour guide has to say to you 
tune her the fuck out. They will push you, though. They will fucking push you because she, I'm pretty sure she got frustrated with me, even though she thought I was adorable and cute as a button and loved my dress and tried to give me as much time as I could to spend in the rooms. And she did cater to me a little bit, which was adorable, but she still rushed me. No one was more interested to be there than the four of us, the people that were interested. The rest of the people would just stand around. They were not interested at all, but that... The serial killer room... It's pretty badass, guys. There's so much cool shit in there. To kind of go over a couple of other things, though, they had Jack Kevorkian's fucking death van. The death van. The actual van, you guys. The actual fucking van. That particular piece is literally going to be something that would be in a museum because he is the person that helped try to push uh, assisted suicide uh, into the, you know, into the mainstream. The Smithsonian is going to be after that Yeah, that's what they were saying. Yeah, like eventually at some point, the Smithsonian's going to want that in the future. It's incredible. Because there are people who are fucking dying who are in a lot of pain and shouldn't have to yeah. live through that pain. Assisted suicide should be legal. Right. Well, depend- well with, with some crime. rules, obviously. It's a fucking crime that it's only legal in, what, California? I, I don't even know. To a point? Yeah, I don't even know. It's a crime. But it's it's seeing it is like I was like I mean we're literally like within inches it. of it you like you could touch it but they tell you you can't touch a yeah, fucking thing in it. here they'll kick you out sorry I did touch it did you I did <laughs> they I might t- not I have touched, seen it I touched a lot of things they said I couldn't touch them. yeah we touched some fucking haunted uh, kids mobile oh, yeah. that they hang over the thing that we were, thing was sitting on my head the whole time <laughs> I want I don't want to ruin what happened in that room but the guy was like. He points to us. He was like, and you, sir, over there, yes, even you will bump into one of the most haunted items in this room. Yeah, that was supposedly the most haunted item. There was, was like, a, this, like a clown, clown hanging upside down from this mobile that, awesome. you, that you hang over a crib. Yeah. And it's supposedly really haunted. And and if you watch the puppets in the back, you can see them well, moving. they move on their own. Yeah. It's cool. Like, they were really moving on their own. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. Um. One of the some of the other highlights I mentioned the demon the demon house yes. that he did the fucking thing they and this I forgot I totally got sidetracked but the demon house they actually took the stairs from that go down into the basement where there was all these like sacrificial daggers and weird shit that they dug up underneath the house and they took the stairs and put them in this fucking room. And it smells like dirt, guys. Like, they have the legit dirt from the fucking site that he bought, and it smells like fucking dirt. Yeah, the second you walk in, that's all you smell. Yeah, and there's, like, all these different items that they dug up and this, like, weird shadowy figure that they are talking about. Apparently, the the documentary is coming out February or March of next year. So I guess be on the lookout for that. But it was really cool. It was really creepy. It was awesome. Uh, we went into another room where they had Ed Gein's fucking cauldron. If you guys have watched any of their episodes, they go to Ed Gein's house or some of his haunted items, I think. And there were they have a cauldron where he actually cooked people's skin and shit like that. And There were two rooms that I felt the most activity in. That was one of them? That was one of them. Yeah. It was, that room smelled funky as that shit. That room smelled fucking terrible, for one, but it was very energetic. Like, for me, and very heavy, actually. Like, the entire time I was I was in that room, I felt like there was an elephant sitting on my chest. Right. Like, I, I couldn't breathe, and I couldn't feel comfortable in there, and it was like this energy that's feeding off of this fucking cauldron. The whole fucking place drains you. But, the, the yeah, the entire... 
entire museum drains you from start to finish. No from, joke. Like, like literally, we were drained. Have any connection at all to the spirit world or, or whatever? Even not. It just drained the yeah. shit out of me. It does. But yeah, it's it's like, I don't know. Just the whole place is just very draining on you. I, I think, like, guys, we went to bed the first night in our hotel at like 10, 1030. 11 at night yeah on and we Saturday. <laughs> just got there and we were just exhausted like we were just fucking spent we went to denny's or some yeah we went to denny's that's right yeah we had a denny's in our hotel which is fucking and we could have had itis a little bit but i was li- no. well like there was rooms in the fucking in the museum that really did drain me mm-hmm. and zone me the fuck out There's like more than normal four rooms specifically that i felt the most I guess, energy from... Ed Gein's room? Ed Gein's room was one. Yeah, they have the shovel that he dug up all the like people with, and the fucking and cauldron. The cauldron. Like, and this is the cauldron that he disemboweled both dead and living bodies and put their body parts into, like their organs and everything, And if you guys don't know who cauldron. he is, he's the guy that inspired the movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. He is the fucking main maniac fucking freak. And I'm pretty, pretty sure he also inspired uh, Donna Karen. Probably. Well, he made nipple belts and stuff. Like yeah. He was really creative. He, he made full <laughs> female skin suits, guys. Neat. Like He did not fuck around. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Neat. I'm being like fucking he was, ridiculous. He was fucking. He was crazy. He made nipple belts and fucking titty lamps. And yeah, shit. he was. You know, he was his own little Versace, like making fucking shit and whatever. Like, yeah. Well, cool. he well, the, the the story is is essentially Ed Gein was a normal, regular, typical nobody guy who had a deep love for his mother, and when she died, he went he fucking batshit. Like, his mind went. And in order for him to be close again to his mother, he would kill, or, well, he wouldn't kill, he would dig up the bodies of dead people and wear their flesh, of women's Women. flesh, to be close again with his mother. So Yeah, he basically made, like, a fucking human womb. Right. Pretty neat. Right? <laughs> anyway, so that room, what other room was uh, pretty scary to you? Oh, my God. Second biggest, we'll say. Okay, so... Second biggest. I know which me. one it is. You're going to say Peggy. Yeah. Holy balls. The Peggy doll was there. That fucking doll. Like, I. That room is fucking creepy, first. That of room all. is fucking creepy. How they stylized that room is goddamn incredible. Like, what the fuck? But that fucking room, and like, they. They in like they start that off like right away of like you know make sure you say hello to Peggy and make sure you say goodbye to Peggy like they acknowledge her, and it's pretty fucking legitimate. But I there was a very heavy presence in that room, but I wasn't feeling it from Peggy. Really? Yeah, that was the thing. It's like I wasn't feeling it from Peggy, but I was feeling it more from the two dolls in the corner. Oh, the little rabbit on the ground. The rabbit, and I think it was like a lamb. Well, our tour guide said that she that they saw Peggy's mouth move in one of the last tours that she did, and that they saw the foot tapping off this like really fucked up looking evil ass fucking bunny, as dude. Fuck, and it was amazing. It, it looked dingy, dirty, and it was just like thrown in the corner, like sitting next to another doll. Yeah, I need it. But it looked really dark. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like it just looked really. Ugh. I wanted it. It was fucking so cute to me and just incredible it was looking. Mr. Hop Hop I Binks. loved it. 
I loved it. But the whole time, to me, I'm staring at Peggy and very intently. Right. But I feel like it could have been my mind playing tricks on me at this point because I was staring so intently at her. But her mouth kept twisting into a smile. Well, one thing I did notice about the room is that the light, there was like a flickering light. There was. And so that always like makes me... I was mad that the light was flickering because it makes everything feel like it's moving, especially in a darkly lit room. Exactly. And it was very dim. Yeah. Very dim in that room. But I, I felt the same way, and that's why I was like... I'm not I'm not taking in so much what I'm seeing as what I'm feeling. Right. Because they can't fake what I'm feeling. And we were really cool about it too. We were like, Hey Peggy. Oh yeah, no, and we I were even was like, very Bye respectful. Peggy. Like, we I were said, very respectful. Hello, Peggy, when I came in the room and I didn't fuck with her when I was in there. Yeah. And I said goodbye, Peggy, when I left the room. Me too. I said I think we said it at the same time when we left, but right before we left, the tour guide's like Make sure you say goodbye to Peggy because you do not want her following you home. And these the the douchebag crew uh, were like, "Yeah, yo, later, Peggy. Yo, stay up, girl." Like, <laughs> I mean, it was funny, but I was like, in the back of my head, when they said well, that shit, I was like, "Oh, I hope they follow yeah, you." Yeah, when we first get there, it's up, Peggy. I'm yo, like, what's oh, up, Jesus. Peggy? And prior to... Dude, Peg- I hope, like, shelves and shit get knocked over at their house. Right. But and, like, pr- scare the piss out of them. Prior to the Peggy room was when we did get to see the Dybbuk box. Oh, no, the Dybbuk was after. Was it after Peggy? Yeah, because I, that was I the one that... I thought it was that before. The Dybbuk box was my my room. That room that was, was the incredible. Room. That room, I don't know what it was. That was the one that I anticipated the most because Christina was like, they have an actual Dybbuk box. And a little yeah. little history on this box, by the way, guys. If you've ever seen the movie that was produced by Sam Raimi called The Possession, it has the guy... Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, Jeffrey Sorry. Dean Morgan, who who's Negan in The Walking my, Dead. My big old crush. He uh, He's in this movie as a father, and the daughter... as like the father and the mother like split up, and the daughter's kind of caught in between, and the dad's kind of like trying to fix his life and make it better and everything like that. And so he buys his daughter a Dybbuk box. He doesn't realize it's a Dybbuk box. Off eBay. Yeah, which <laughs> apparently, like, this is a real Dybbuk box like what happens no he doesn't get it off ebay in the movie yeah no he doesn't not in the movie you sure no they get it from an estate sale oh because they talk about it the maybe the real guy got it the in real life i'm talking about in the movie okay in the movie they buy it from an estate sale where this lady dies yeah because i remember them talking about that pretty heavily where she gets hospitalized or something like that off ebay and i was like "Mm." but yeah but here's the interesting story so the guy who owned the real Dybbuk box, not in the movie, not in the story, he bought it off eBay through something else and they sold it, you know, I forget how much it was, but the guy bought it. He brought it home. Shit started happening. Now, a Dybbuk box is a, is is a, um, I believe it is the name of a, uh, what do you call it, spirit? She called it, I thought Dybbuk was demon. Right. She called it a, an avengeful spirit. Which is a demon. Well, I guess, but the way she said it didn't seem like demon to me. It's demon. Anyway. No, to, to me, I'm sorry, but to me, a Dybbuk is a demon. He brought it home. Eventual spirit is a demon. Really crazy shit started happening in his house. So this dude, like, was obsessed with this box. He buys, and I believe it's called teak wood, the wood that they think... It's birch. Wo- I thought it was birch. Are you sure? No, it's supposed to be. You're the from, second person to say it was birch. It's supposed but to I don't, be from the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, the Ark of the Covenant. You know, like in the movie, the the fucking uh, Indiana Jones. Oh my god, I'm pretty sure it's birch. I'm I'm sorry. Well, either Continue. way, I'm gonna look. There's a up. specific type of wood that they think that the Ark of the Covenant 
is made out of, and it's a very specific wood. It's actually a very expensive wood right now because it's, there's not many trees of this. And so he takes this wooden box and he makes a wooden box around that wine box because it's a technically a wine box for two bottles of wine and he takes another box and builds it around so he encases it in this like holy wood is what he thinks then he puts it into a military crate and closes that up and because of all the problems that it was causing he buried it out in the middle of a fucking field near his home well that sat for like decades i guess or no it wasn't decades but a couple like almost 20 years 15 20 years until Sam Raimi was producing the movie The Possession. And when Sam Raimi was producing this movie, they wanted to kind of get use the Dybbuk box as a reference point. So he re-dug it up back up. He got paid, you know, to dig it back up and everything like that. And then they used it to kind of make their own Dybbuk box in the movie, etc., etc. Well, Sam Raimi and the guy who owned the box didn't want to deal with it anymore. And they felt they were talking about who should own it and who should display it. And who would give it enough attention? And, well, they picked Zach Baggins in order to do that. So he made this entire room dedicated to this wine box that is considered to be a fucking demonic possessed box. Um, wine box, I guess, if you want to call it. But it's like two doors that open up and you stick two bottles of wine in it on either side. Small bottles. It's awesome. It's pretty cool. Um, they've got it floating in a glass case with salt and sage surrounding it so that the spirit can't cross out of it in the room it's really darkly lit they show the type of wood the the wood that the box that they buried it in right Mm -hmm. that he built around it the teak wood or birch wood or whatever the fuck it was the ark of the covenant or whatever wood in one corner and then they have like this chant that goes over the fucking loudspeaker it's all in hebrew it's all in hebrew because the dybbuk is a jewish uh or hebrew translation for demon or possessed spirit or something like that and they have this thing that's chanting holy like hebrew uh messages to it to keep it locked into this box so that it can't escape sam raimi and the guy who owned the box only thing that they ask is that you do not leave the box open and on display so they are allowed that zach can own it as long as he never opens it up and displays it it's um secured in an arc of acacia wood acacia acacia wood and gold replicating the arc of the covenant which contained the ten commandments right okay so it's pretty cool when i went in this room this was like i don't know what it was but of all the rooms that we were in for me this one changed me like it really and i know this is like crazy for some of you that don't believe in this shit or whatever but i can tell you right now i went into somewhat of a trance and i'm not just saying this like i literally became very obsessed with this box like i was she was like does anybody want to stand in between me and the box and i was like me and then the one guy, one of the douchebags, was like, why the fuck are you always raising your hand? Why you keep volunteering hand? for shit? Yeah, why you keep volunteering for shit? You creepy, man. And uh, and I was like, because uh, it's interesting? Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I stood in front of it, and I kept trying to peer inside it, because the doors don't completely shut, like, tight. So you could actually see a little bit in it. It looked like there was tin foil or something in there. 
I couldn't see, but I just kept looking at it from all angles. Yeah, it was reflective. And I was like, I wasn't even listening to her. But I got this weird body buzz that felt like I was high. Like, I felt like I was high as fuck. Like, I'm not joking. Like, I felt really high. I felt really out of it. When I left the room, I became silent. I wasn't really talking. I was like, I felt, and even, it lasted until the end of the tour. We're halfway through the whole fucking thing when this happened. So a half hour into the tour, and I, when we left the place, I still was just blown away from it. I, I was so blown away from it, by it, that I actually bought like a photograph that Zach Baggins' dad took of the Dybbuk box that's signed by Zach because I was obsessed with it. Like, I don't know. That room to me was the most fucked up room in the whole fucking place. It had the heaviest weight. Oh, she was like, so what room do you guys feel like had the heaviest weight? I was like, the Dybbuk room. Yeah, for sure. And I was a little embarrassed to say at first because our fucking crew, our fucking 15 people were, you know... Majority of them were just like fucking, it's like, basic. like you're in high school again or something and these fucking douchebags are like jocking it up. Yeah, they're like basic as fuck and judgmental as fuck and I'm just like, this is... Like, get the fuck away from what me, What I dude. hate about this shit is basic people like you coming and ruining it for people like me. Right. The whole fucking thing though, guys, without spoiling any more for you... It's, there's an upstairs, a downstairs, there's 33 rooms. One of the most impressive pieces that I saw was that Zach has had a reoccurring dream. That was awesome. He had a reoccurring nightmare, nightmare where he dreamed of mannequins cutting each other up and stabbing each other. And this red light and one would break through the glass and try to get him in the dream. So what does Zach do? He recreates his dream with mechanical fucking mannequins. Awesome. Like, what the fuck? Like, how cool is that? That's fucking amazing, dude. Like, that's how, to me, in my opinion, if you want to call him a fraud or whatever the fuck, I totally get it, but it just seems like he's so dedicated into it because there's never, I've never seen anybody this obsessed with this kind of stuff. Oh, no, no, he's like, I, I don't question that from him at all. Yeah. You know, he really loves it and he gives it a voice essentially he makes it relevant to people and i love that yeah i just got a little he's tired he's got his family working there i know shit. which was really cool his dad's there opening the door as you leave his just, mom's behind the counter selling shirts i got a little tired of it sucking his dick the whole time it well but <laughs> i think that was our tour guide first of all no it wasn't just cuz cuz i was like talking to her and i was like so whatever happened to this girl natalie wood natalie no 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 not that one I was like, whatever. Did they ever find oh, what the cause name? of death of was for yeah. the specific one? Oh my one? god, what was her? Oh, she was incredible. Like the one of the greatest minds of our time. Like in comparison to like Albert Einstein. Oh, is that the skull one that they didn't really know? No. Um. It. No. 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 It was the, the woman who died surrounded by her machines. Um, oh in yeah. Her chair. That's the one you asked. She was a we ghost. We all asked. We we wanted to know what. They determined was the actual cause of death for her. Um, something sober. I know the middle name was sober. Well, there's this lady that would create ghost equipment. She was incredible. She, she like, it was really weird. They had this like room where it's like a room before the room. And then the, the room in question, the main, the end room is the entire room with all of the instruments that were in the room with her when she died and how she was found when she was found dead. Before she died, she was trying to contact her dead husband. Uh, I think it was her dead husband, right? And she 
had all her instruments on. She was taking Polaroids of herself. And it's really weird because they're in this sequence. Like you see her kind of happy at first. And then the next picture you see of her, it's like she's getting more drained. Like her face just starts to become sunken in. And then the last picture, it's just like really tragic. And she's like, she was clothed and to naked almost. Like it was really weird. But I don't know, like that was really creepy, but they show you the room and Zach had some weird noises playing and shit, but it was really interesting. And we asked the tour guide, we were like, yo, so did they ever tell what the the cause of death was? Why did she, you know, like, how did she die? And she was like, you know, I've been meaning to, I've been asking Zach that, but I didn't know because every time I ask him, he just seems to run away from me. And I'm like thinking to myself, well, I think I know why, because you're a little overzealous. (laughs) Yeah, she was a lot. That was so cool. Yeah, it was really creepy. The whole room was like, it was so fucking awesome. A lot of these rooms were really small, but that one was a, that was a highlight. That was really weird. Like, it just shows you the demise of this person and, like, how she died. It's kind of, like, tragic and weird. So, I don't know. Like, I love I love this museum. I think that if you are going to go to Vegas, you really, and you, like, even lightly are interested in this kind of thing, you'll be interested in this. And even if, if you're, like, one of us who really get into this kind of fucking, like, history and, like, haunted shit... You will fucking love this fucking place. Like, it'll be, like, every time you go to Vegas, you're going to go to this motherfucker. It's a little pricey. Like I said, it's about $45 because there's, like, a $15 convenience charge, which is pretty inconvenient. Um, (laughs) Exactly. But, uh, and hopefully you get with a good group or go with 15 people if you can. Because if you can, like, that'd be perfect. Because then you wouldn't have to deal with all the nonsense. You know what I mean? But yeah, so what did you think of the whole thing? I mean, I know that you're not a fan of Zach Baggins. You don't like his show, really, or him or anything. But if you had to rate the, the, the museum... Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of his show or him in particular, or how much the museum sucks his dick. But at the same time, I understand why it does. So I'd, I'd try not to... I don't know. If you can tune out <laughs> the tour guides the cocksuckery <laughs> and the videos that they play of him talking to you or whatever it's really not important you don't really need to listen to most of the shit that they say especially if you're kind of well versed in this kind of stuff going into it just do a little research prior to and you're going to know whatever you need to know but anyway the museum itself is absolutely incredible he has fantastic pieces in there um the taxidermy is incredible he has some actual legitimate nazi memorabilia yeah there was like a few pieces like a helmet and a knife there are i think it's haunted african pieces with actual human teeth and animal teeth that they adorned as clothing right and weaponry and so many beautiful human skulls that they have in there of all different um there's probably like 25 the first room in particular was 13 because oh, yeah. 13 or whatever um but they're but all they over were the all fucking different place. abnormalities they all had different deformities which was really interesting to look at as what they had and it just it's worth going to if you love circus memorabilia in particular mm-hmm. like i do you're really gonna have a different connection to this than or most a nightmare people. or a nightmare <laughs> but there's so many cool original circus pieces from dating back to the fucking like 40s 
and prior. Right. And it's not just haunted stuff. No, it's it's not. It's not just haunted stuff. It's a lot of really cool pieces just from history in general. Yeah. Um, that will pique your interest. It was phenomenal. His collection is really cool. If you're a fan of the Winchester Mystery House, he has a whole room dedicated to pieces from that, which was when it was a wax museum. Right. Many, many moons ago. It's worth it. Yeah. The, that's the best thing I can probably say to speak to its credit is it's worth the money that you're going to spend on it. Hopefully you're not as rushed through it like we were um, because it was really frustrating for me and I'm sure I pissed my tour guide off, which I don't even care. Like I said, I was the last person out of every single room. Mm-hmm. I was the last person in every single room. I spent and took my fucking time trying to read and like soak in as much as I possibly could because there's so much history there. It's incredible. And, and something that I think they're still trying to get their footing on at the museum, from my own personal experience, is that I feel like they're trying. They, they are trying. They are. They're, you know, they are a little bit theatrical, which is nice. I like that. I actually don't mind that at all. Like, they kind of try to build some sort of air of mystery and, like, fucking horror. I guess it depends on the person that you get to, to as a tour guide. Right. Um, there are sections of the of the museum that are closed off. So if you've seen like maybe the doll room, that's completely secret no, and the hidden. Whole, this whole secret door. Yeah, you see that first thing. The doorway to, to hell, which is the basement, is completely off limits because apparently Zach takes some of the haunted objects down there to get some sort of reaction from it. He's the only one allowed in there. Yeah, apparently he's the only one allowed. But I'm sure like Aaron and all the other guys are probably in on that, too. I so. don't know. Well, the way she talked about it, apparently he's the only one that's allowed in there, and I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. No, I, I was really disappointed. Uh, she was like, hey, if you guys touch the railing, you can sort of, some people say that they can feel the energy from so the railing. immediately Alex and I are like fucking the railing. Yeah, I grabbed basically. it immediately. She was well, like, <laughs> I was like, I could touch things? Cool. And everybody yeah. else was like, I ain't touching shit. Yeah, Alex and I were touching everything. <laughs> We did not leave an offering for the Dybbuk in the fucking offering box or whatever I, bullshit that was. There's the cool thing around it is like like some of the rooms, like even just like upstairs in the the main like room where there's this hole in the ground where you can see over the dining room area. It was so cool. It was really cool. They had like these dancing um, ballerina mannequins that looked like they were ready to attack you. Well, they had circus mannequins, like legit actual mannequins from like the early days of Barnum and Bailey Circus. Right. Like the mannequins that they would use to attract people in to come and watch the actual performers. Like it was the coolest shit ever. Like they have these like, oh, and then it's know. like it was, they were so fucking creepy and amazing. And I they loved even have it. like a haunted maze sort of thing going on. The clown maze, like the clown maze. Like they try to do a haunted house. It's really it's, cute. It's really cool though. Like it lasted for like a good two minutes, three minutes maybe. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and but but it was like and then they had people roaming around in these like garbs, like robes. Like with masks on that would just be like weird and creepy, and you would see them hiding and shit like that. Yeah, that was pretty and, cool. And it's just like, you know, those are those little extra touches that maybe some people might not appreciate, but I appreciated that they took the effort out to do it. I did too. Main homeboy blew his cover though, like instantly when we were there. Right, yeah. To me, because he's just like, so much to see, right? And I'm like, I know, and I feel like they're rushing me through it. I want to fucking read shit. <laughs> and he's like, I know, he's like, there's a lot of stuff. And I'm like, like, well, I want to take my time. He's like, 
don't worry about it. I won't tell on you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. One guy was like scared of clowns and she was like, you do realize that you came to a haunted mansion. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. And and she was like, so I'm just letting you know now that this is a haunted mansion and you are going to be walking through your nightmare here shortly, right? Okay, we're on the same page. Good. Everybody follow me. <laughs> that guy couldn't have been that afraid of clowns. He wasn't. There was some serious shit with clowns and Dude, he was like, there was like, like the chick that I don't want to ruin it for us, people, but the chick that was behind us and we were going through it was fucking terrified. And like her friend the whole time was holding her hand like, are you OK? We're almost there. We're almost there. Just breathe. Just breathe. And I can hear them. And I'm like, some creepy shit. Pussies. Dude, they even do like fucking tarot and palm reading in a gypsy wagon in an old in an actual gypsy, gypsy wagon. wagon. It's a like, hundred fucking dollars. Well, but for the tarot reading. Well, I'm sorry. It's $50, it's $50 for the hand reading. 50 for the 50 for the hand. 75 for the tarot cards. Right. Still after taxes close to $100. And apparently, Zach, but it's cool. in the shop that we, because at the end, they take you to the shop, of course. The two gift shops. The gift shops, right. And at the shop, they had like a CD of Zach Baggins with some band, Juno Reactor. <laughs> oh, nice. And it's called Necromancer or something like that. And I'm like, what? Wait, does he write music? So if you guys can fill me in, I'll probably look that up because I was a little curious about that. So, but... <laughs> Uh, there's books and shit, t-shirts, like two different types of hats, or three different types of hats, a beanie, a baseball, and like a regular like ball cap, like a fucking flat rim ball cap. Yeah. Like girls shirts, guys shirts, nothing above extra large, guys, just so you know, for you big fellas no, out there. No, they had up to like a two or three X. It Didn't... was just, no, it was just extra money. Really? Oh, yeah, I didn't it know was that. Like, it was like five or seven dollars extra, hmm. but they had it, I think, up to a three X. Huh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It was just more money, but they had it. Well, anyway, guys, I just to let you know, I'm a huge fan of the show. But aside from that, like this fucking place, I really loved it. And every time I go to Vegas, I'm going to go to this fucking thing. Like every time. It's worth it. Because even if I just catch a little extra, whatever it is, I was obsessed with that Dybbuk box. And I'll try to post a picture of the, the box because they don't they won't let you take photos and stuff. So... This is probably the closest you're going to get to, but I'll I'll post a picture of it in that room. I'm telling you, man, like I haven't noticed anything weird or creepy going on, but I've been exhausted like nothing. I've never I didn't feel like anything followed me home or anything like that. But when I was in that room, it was I'm telling you 1030 at night we get to Vegas and we go to sleep. Yeah, like something's not right. Mm -hmm. That place drained the fuck out of us. So, and I don't know if anybody else has gone, and if you have, please let us know. Did you get drained when you left? Because I would like to know. Me too. Because it really was, like, pretty dramatic. We were wide awake when we went there, and two hours later, we were fucking exhausted. So. I will let you guys know, a spirit did not touch my butt. <laughs> so we almost rioted. It didn't dial 666 on the Ouija which 666 board. 666 was, like, right on my butthole. <laughs> We did notice that. I was like, where's the six? <laughs> well, it's on my butthole. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, some demon's going to play fucking 666 right on my butt 
and it didn't do it, and I was Cut really disappointed. Six, six, six on the uh, crucifix. <laughs> anyway, now I gotta pay royalties. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, no shit, right? God damn it. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it's worth it. Spend the money, fucking do it. Don't even, yeah. don't even ask twice. Go to Vegas. Zach you Baggins owe it to annoys yourself. me too. I get it. Not me. Ignore them sucking his dick the whole time and just fucking go. Cause Ignore me it. sucking. Ignore his dick. Alex sucking his dick the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and just listen to me. <laughs> now, to give you guys kind of an idea, for Thursday, we're going to be talking a little bit more about John Carpenter and the Perturbator show that we did go see. So you guys are going to want to stick around for that this Thursday. We're going to be talking about Body Bags, and we're also going to be talking about Prince, Prince of, of Darkness. Darkness. So two good movies that are some sort of, uh, I wouldn't say deep cuts, but they're cuts of Carpenters. So we're calling that episode Carpenter, Carpenter cuts. cuts. So... But yeah, guys, thank you so much for coming back this Monday. If you haven't already, please spread the word to everyone to let everyone know we missed a week and we're back. Uh, We didn't disappear like some podcasts do sometimes, you know? Little mom. We're still here. We're still here. And we love you. And Alex is still sucking Zach Baggins' dick. (laughs) That's my middle name. Jesus Christ. Uh (laughs) Anyway, guys, thank you so much for stopping by. We'll see you this Thursday. Stay weird, monsters.